Welcome to the Ask Andrew podcast. Real questions from real condo investors. You ask, I answer. Hi, in today's episode of the Ask Andrew podcast, we're going to be talking to John. John's an experienced real estate investor. He's based out of the Kitchener-Waterloo area, and he's got experience in a lot of different types of real estate investment, but he's yet to jump into the condominium market. So he has some questions around that, and most importantly, he's wondering what kind of return on investment can one expect to get uh, if they're following my principles of investing in pre-construction condos. So you can uh, enjoy this episode as I'm chatting with John. And once again, I'll just leave a reminder if you'd like to be on this podcast, if you'd like to be a guest, just go ahead and go to askandrewpodcast.com and hit the button, ask a question, and you'll get in touch directly with me and we can um, have a chat just like this where I answer whatever questions you have about investing in condos. I'll also just give a quick plug to my other podcast, which is the True Condos podcast. You can search for that in iTunes or go to truecondos.com forward slash podcast. So there you go. I hope you enjoy this conversation with John. How can I help? Yeah, Andrew, uh, I've been I've been a follower. I must admit, I, I feel kind of foolish that I that I haven't picked up on some of the the other Ask Andrew pieces. But but getting enough of your your emails out and different things that that you're saying just totally makes sense. And and what you had written about Hamilton just really gravitated, uh, made, made me gravitate towards you and said, I just I got to talk to this guy, right? Okay. He's doing some awesome. of these things for the same reasons for the same reasons I am. You know, population down the road, growth. It's honestly none of this stuff is for me at this point. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to say that. But uh, I got two beautiful ladies at home. Actually, I have three. My wife, uh, daughters six and eight, and and so looking at things that they can own and have on a long-term basis after I'm gone. And while I do own real estate up here. Uh, I don't necessarily want to expand massively in this area. I mean, this area has fantastic growth uh, capabilities as well. But I believe on a managed basis, something in the golden horseshoe just makes so much sense. It can always be there, and I I follow the statistics. You know, next 25 years, Ontario places to grow says it's going to drop 3 million people in the golden horseshoe. 5.8 million now going to go up by 3 million people. they got to live somewhere. And and that's not going to change. You got 100,000 immigrants coming into Ontario every year, and skilled labor. I mean, we're we're fortunate in Canada; we can attract that. So that's why I look down to that area. And you know, uh, I guess then when I look at it, I say I have a background in it, but I have zero background in your area of the woods. Right. Uh, I'm I, I'm servicing a decent bit of vacant land up here right now. I got a lot of pre-sales. I'm going to start having capital that, frankly, I don't really need. So. Uh, Money always gets spent. Money disappears. I don't know where it goes. Mortgages always get paid. So I like them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when when you look at it, uh, we say like, why why were you why are you so big on this on this Hamilton development? Why did you decide to put your personal money in there as well? Yeah. Um, did you get a chance to watch the? Thanks for that, by the way. All the the info there and tell me a little bit about where you're coming from. Did you get a chance to watch the? the video from the presentation that we did the other, uh, the other day. Did you, did I send you that? I haven't, I only got, I haven't seen the video. If I could get that, that would be great. I listened to the the podcast with Brad Lamb. Yeah. 
Okay, that's good. That's a good start. Yeah. So we did a we did a live event where I broke down the specific reasons why I'm investing uh, into the project myself. Um, so I'll definitely send you the link to the video so you can you can sort of see that presentation. Some of the reasons we go through. Um, but yeah, so why am I investing? Um, a number of reasons. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, bigger picture of what's happening in the Golden Horseshoe. Bigger picture of what's ha what's happening in the GTA. And the expansion, the continuous expansion of the GTA. So typically, a little bit of background, typically I, I only recommend people to invest in downtown Toronto. Um, as, as, you know, historic, when you're talking about condos, because historically that's, you know, just a, such a tried and true proven uh, place to invest and put your money in, into this type of asset condos. Versus other areas outside the downtown core, the pattern has been um, much slower growth. Uh, and, and not as good uh, rental returns either. Um, but uh, really starting to see a shift in the past 12, 18 months or so as Toronto has sort of jumped up uh, several, you know, price uh, brackets all at once, it seems, and, and sort of typical growth that we would normally see over like a five-year period all of a sudden has happened in the past year or so. So that's created a lot of strain on um, on the downtown core and, and, uh, just pricing out more and more people from the downtown core. So we're starting to see ripple effect outwards. Um, and we're starting to see more and more interest in areas outside of, of the downtown core. We're, we're starting to see more price growth, more rental growth, more rental demand, especially outside of the core, you know, demand and uh, that we've never seen before. It's really interesting to watch. Another factor that's driving it is just the fact that low-rise housing prices have gone up so much. Um, the, the new supply of low-rise housing coming into the market is getting less and less and less every year. So we're definitely shifting, uh, you know, as a region more towards condominium. So I do see a lot of condominium growth, uh, growth in the condominium market, you know, in a general sense, you know, moving forward in the next five to ten years. Specifically, Hamilton, um, you know, it starts with price. It starts with value. Uh, you know, you're looking at prices are half of what they are in downtown Toronto. So you're getting, you know, with, say, Television City, you're getting a world-class condominium building that you could, you know, you could take that building and put it downtown Toronto, Chicago, you know, New York, and the building would fit right in and in any of those places. Um, so you're getting a world-class building for half the price of what it is in downtown Toronto. You know, new launches in the core of Toronto now, you're looking at $1,100, $1,200 a square foot. Um, Television City starting at, you know, like $580 a square foot for a very high quality product. Uh, on the other hand, the rental rates um, are, the rental rates in Hamilton are not half of what they are in, you know, in downtown Toronto. But the price is half, but the rental rates are not half. The rental rates are, you know, around 70%. So finding, you know, I'm a, I'm a value type of investor. Like I'm a buy and hold type investor. It's always my philosophy. Um, always looking for cash flow. And we've been able to do that quite successfully in, in Toronto for, you know, until now, <laughs> basically. But price, prices have gone up so much that, um, you know, Toronto is trending more towards uh, you know, like a New York city or other major world cities where, you know, buying properties in the core of these cities with 20% down and expecting to get positive cash flow, 
you know, people look at you like you're crazy. Um, those days, uh, it's hard to say for sure, but you know, it's looking more and more like those days are gone. So where do you go if, as an investor, if you're looking for that kind of value? Um, and I believe that Hamilton is, is a prime market. That's, you know, a great place to find that value and, and still has a lot of upside, uh, there. So I've just talked for quite a while there. I'll let you jump in and, and no, that was, that was awesome. Actually, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Like I'm, I'm a giant real estate geek by trade. Uh, <laughs> dad, my dad's dad's 72. Uh, he actually just sold a commercial building and a sixplex from the hospital uh, where he's, where he's dealing with an infection. So he's 72. He's an agent. He's been a fantastic, uh, farm commercial light industrial in, in the Mount Forest area, which is directly between Owen Sound and Guelph. And that's, that's our long-term ties is to that area. But like when I, when I sold my houses and my student rentals in Waterloo, uh, he said, you know, I don't know anything about this market. Find yourself a good agent. When I bought our spot up at Blue Mountain, same thing. I don't know anything about this market. Find yourself a good agent. So I've seen value since day one, well, since I've been, as long as I can remember, actually, and in the services that get uh, that get provided, and a, I'm a partner in a very successful CPA firm, but uh, it's a hobby, and like I tell my wife, I say, you know, if you want me to change hobbies, I could get better at golf and drink more beer, but frankly, it's a very profitable hobby, so let's continue on. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, if, yeah. If we're look and you know, I mean, hey, you, you go out for a drive, you look at something new, you never know what you're going to see. Like, what kind of you know net net of expenses, return on investment? I mean, that's always a bit of a misnomer, right? Because our investment is really only twenty percent down. Uh, and in some cases, if it's a refinance out of an existing property, I might argue that my investment is actually maybe zero. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's question, but if we were to say, look, you know. My net after all fee rental revenue divided by the purchase price, what kind of a rate of return do you think you're looking at in, in Hamilton? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It, you know, rate of returns and, and uh, you can calculate in different ways. Uh, but when you break, you know, yeah, <laughs> as you know, uh, but I mean, over the long term, I always like, I always say when it comes to condominium investments, if you take any, you know, when I say long term, like any sort of 10 year period, if you're making less than a double digit return, you, you've done something terribly wrong or there's been some major catastrophic recession that uh, has devastated the market, which, of course, as you know, can always happen. Um, and it's hard to predict those sorts of things, economic events. But yeah, um, 20 to 30%, you know, if you're looking at buying anything pre-construction, holding it, renting it out for say five to seven years and then selling it, you know, when you do, when you do the math after all the expenses you paid, after all the rent you've collected and everything sort of 20 to 30% annualized return on your initial investment is, um, you know, is, is what, you know, most of my clients have achieved what I've achieved and, you know, uh, what you can sort of assume to achieve moving forward if you're as long as, like I said, you're taking a long-term approach to it. Well, congratulations to you on that. that that's absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. If if we were to start off and looking at it from, from a cash flow perspective, so, you know, if what would we be looking at on like a, a so on a cash flow perspective, so say, for example, you know, 
would I net out in cash twelve thousand dollars? You know, obviously before any mortgage payments. So you know, gross gross revenue minus my condo fees minus my insurance, I'm left with yeah. twelve grand. My unit cost me three hundred. I'm four percent on a cash. Right. Yeah, that's 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 approximately the the if you're looking at it from that perspective, yeah, sort of three, four, five percent is is where we've been. Uh, or is where you know what you can sort of assume. Um now rental rates they just continue to grow, right? Um so if rental rates continue to grow at the pace that they're at, then you know, you might end up with uh, you know, six or seven percent in some cases, but you know, I wouldn't count on that. But if you're sort of counting on the on the sort of three to four percent, um, that's if you're looking at it from that perspective, that's about right. Yep. Okay. So 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 like a three to four percent cash flow cash flow return on gross. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you're looking at it, I'm sure you have the ability to do it, and and, and you're looking at that. Like, if if we were to look at uh, a property manager fee, and and I think I understand some of the reasons why you like condo investing is, you know, I mean, you don't have to deal with the roof. You generally don't get too much in the way of plugged toilets or backed up, you know, sewer lines out to the road being cracked and things like that. Sure. Um, and frankly, I mean that. Three to three to four on the gross cash flow. I, I bought a bunch of vacant land down here a couple of years ago, and and frankly, before I did, we were actually going to a friend of mine and I were going to go down and try and buy a couple triplexes in Toronto. We didn't. I bought a bunch of this vacant land, and I I, I will do I will do better servicing the vacant land, but uh, well, let's just say, my dear heavens, it will be significantly more work than had I done my initial plan. Um, you know yeah. that that three to four rate is is really looking in at you know the same as what it would have been on a on a standalone residential. So I can absolutely understand your strategy now. When we were looking at that, we would have obviously also had to factor in uh, a property manager, right? Uh, I'm I'm in I'm outside of the area. I could possibly find time to deal with it, but when that takes away from my main job, that's highly profitable. That doesn't make sense. If, well, it's uh, I mean, yeah. What I always tell people on the management side is the beauty, and again, one of the reasons why we invest in condos and why we like them so much is you really don't need uh, you really don't need a property manager um, unless you're buying like ten condos. You really don't need a property manager. They, you know, in terms of finding the tenants and and getting a quality tenant in there, we can help you and take care of that portion of it for you. When it comes to management, like what is there really to manage when you're buying a brand new condo that's you know, very little, like I rule of thumb. I like to say you can easily do about eight condos, uh, self-manage yourself. No problem. You know, even from, even if you live as you, as you do like an hour away from the city, um, you know, it's the management is, is very, very low. You can hire a property manager if you want, but in my opinion, it's, you're really throwing money away for no reason. Um, Especially, especially when you're buying brand new, and you know, if you're buying, if you're just buying a couple condos or something, I really wouldn't worry about hiring a professional man. Because they'd be probably like five. Like I know up here, depending on on where things are at and how much work is involved, you know, they're as high as ten percent off the gross. And if it's not an ideal yeah. property, you know, you're you're ten points off the gross plus your a one month lease up. Yeah, yeah, uh, and again, that's you know. 
there's different types of investing and, and you've illustrated perfectly in this conversation. You've obviously got exposure to lots of different types of investing uh, in different properties with your family experience as well. But the beauty of condos is it's basically a, a passive investment. Like you can, you know, you, you know, I've had, I've had many clients who I've never met in person who own lots of condos all over the place. <laughs> Uh, and, and I, you know, it's, you buy something pre-construction nowadays, you can even sign contracts, you know, on email, like you can just courier checks over, like you can, you can do everything without ever seeing a property. You rent it out, you know, the tenant stays there for a couple of years. Uh, they move out, you hire me again to find another tenant for you. You do that a couple of times, boom, before you know it, the condo is about seven years old. It's time to sell that one. Uh, and reinvest and, and buy a couple more with the proceeds. And, you know, it's been a decade's gone by and maybe you've never even seen the property yourself or maybe you've, you, you know, you stepped in it twice or three times over, over you know, seven years. So, Which was, you know, I can hire you to do the lease up. Because again, I, I entirely agree with you. You got a brand new property. You don't have multiple tenants. You know, you may have multiple tenants, but you're not in high traffic areas or high turnover areas. So, you know, I can engage somebody like you to do that. Frankly, yeah. if everybody's always worried, what happens if something goes wrong? What happens if I need to deal with landlord tenant board? I know two really great paralegals that would love nothing more than to make some money back off of me. You know, in the odd downstream event, that's what we end up doing and dealing with. But, but beyond that, I agree with you. Right. So I, I believe in the value somebody like you would offer on getting that ready. Uh, you know, uh, frankly, you will charge me a fee to do that. And at the end of the day, frankly, I'd be convinced that it would cost me nothing because what you're going to add to the process, you're going to already make back. You will effectively work for free for me. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. The value. Yeah, exactly. There's no there's no cost to you. I mean, it's all about getting quality tenants in in the first place to mitigate your risk um, against any of those downside things happening, dealing with landlord tenant board and things of that nature. If you get a high quality tenant and you do your screening and everything properly, um, and again, that's part of the beauty of condos as well. Like for the most part in condos in, in these urban areas we're talking about, you're dealing with people who are making strong incomes. They're generally, you know, sort of 25 to 35 year old range for the most part uh they're in the stage of life where they're you know looking to move up they, they're goal oriented for the most part they um you know they, they want to do well by you uh as opposed to you know buying a triplex you know two hours outside of toronto and the average rent someone's paying you is like 800 bucks a month you know it's a very different tenant profile it's a very different customer you're dealing with uh, the risk, in my opinion, is much higher. The downside risk with those types of uh, tenants versus somebody who's, you know, making seventy to a hundred thousand dollars a year uh, and is paying you, you know, fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars a month. Uh, you know, it's it's a very different type of asset. It's a very different, you know, management requirements. Every, everything you were saying before, and, and you know, I, I have watched some of them, and, and clearly I need to hit the, the Ask Andrew uh, corner more. It just resonated for that exact reason. And 
yeah, I, I get it. And sometimes you can work harder and, and not make any more money or work less if it takes away from others. And, and I find it funny that you say, you know, you haven't even met some of the people. Uh, you know, we're, we're a professional services firm in a town of 6,500 people. Our accounting staff is over 80. And by the time we roll in our, our other consulting divisions, I mean, we're, we're over 100 people. Uh, so I'm sure you can imagine I, I have a great deal of clients that ideally when I can book the meeting room, then I can get, <laughs> I can, I can, uh, get actually access to some of the cameras and things like that because we just have to deal remotely. And I think yours is the right. same, but it's, it's a specialized value proposition, which isn't uh, much different. So I think honestly, my, my biggest questions were really, you know, where do we think we'd be on a rental cash flow? Uh, on on the gross, and we were thinking, you know, we're probably three to four percent. So again, going just going back, I just wanted to reconfirm, you know, if if something was costing, you know, three hundred thousand dollars, we'd be looking in our net after all expenses, pre mortgage payment, obviously, you know, cash flow from that investment of, you know, nine nine to twelve to perhaps fifteen thousand dollars. Uh. And sorry if I talk too fast. Do you want to yeah. go on that? Okay. Um, yeah. In terms of the numbers and stuff, let's maybe take that part to email. Uh, just uh, it might be easier to write stuff down and to show you what what I mean by the numbers. Just so we, yeah, it's a it might be easier to understand each other. Yeah. Online question. I think you know how do you do you have different lenders that you end up working with to to mortgage up. And what I mean by that is, you know, lots of different lenders approach and view rental income differently. Some will simply go and say, you know, what is your debt service ratio? You know, we want you right. to maintain a, a 1.2 or a 1.1 or, you know, in some cases even a 1, saying, you know, I, I bring in 10000 or I bring in 50000 of rental income. I have 50000 of debt payments, uh, so I have enough money to cover it. Some will sit there, though, and, and some banks will say, you know, you bring in 50000 of rental income, but we're only going to give you credit for thirty-five, right. or 35000 or 70% of that number. So we're only going to effectively, you know. Say yeah, or even less. Yeah, some some of them chop it in half. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in today, uh, jumping ahead, I think I know where you're going with it. In, in today's in today's market, you, you know, you more than ever, you want to have different tools in your tool belt. You want to have different lenders that you work with. Um, the lenders are changing their rules and policies all the time. Some are, you know, one month CIBC is amazing as an investor. The next month they look at you like you're, uh, you know, like you're uh, persona non grata. Um, you know, so it's you. You got to have different. You, you got to have lots of different lenders that you can go to for different different properties. Uh, more than ever, I think that's true. Is is you know you can't rely and and consistently expect to keep going back to the same lender or lenders. Um, you've got to have a, a lot of different people in your Rolodex to to make you know to continue to add and build your portfolio and continue to have you know like you said look dealing with people who understand real estate investment, understand the uh, you know the numbers and and don't do these you know discounting the the income and this kind of stuff it's funny you you mentioned and and you hit on that exactly right real estate investing i mean anybody anybody will almost anybody or anybody with a license will sell you anything uh those to understand where the investing is absolutely a, a different breed such as yourself and the same thing with bankers you know we come across lots of wonderful really nice bankers but those they that just don't get help, it yeah. They just so, they just don't get it. So I guess yeah. the question is, 
I'm assuming we're able to tap into your Rolodex. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've, we, you know, we're, yeah, and we, like, we, all I do is work with investors. So I'm constant. you know, things are constantly in flux. Like, the, the banks I'm talking to today are different than they were 12 months ago, you know, so uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, you got to be on your toes as an investor more than ever. And you can't be complacent and say, well, that bank was great to me two years ago. So I'll just go back to them and everything will be fine. No, you gotta, you gotta sort of have a plan B, plan C in place um, to, to, you know, to get deals done. Do you do you see the majority of mortgages getting done on investment properties like this uh, done on like a thirty year amortization? Yeah, thirty years is still very much on the table. Um, assuming you've got you know, assuming you got good good uh, credit and and you know your profile is good and everything. Obviously, you're, you've got you know a minimum twenty percent and down and everything. Thirty years is still is still doable for now. Again, like this could. <laughs> the the government could come out tomorrow and take it away from yeah exactly it's it, as long as you understand yeah it's constantly changing and you're just constantly staying on top of it and adjusting your strategies as you go that's you know you're you're going to be fine okay uh andrew i've got some other questions to ask you i think they might work a bit more online and and you know again another point of yours that resonated that really said you know you need to have goals and a path and and where you want to go I believe I've got those things down. I'm probably going to send those to you in an email. I'm probably, uh, again, we're, we're going to be servicing as soon as the frost is out of the ground. We'll, we'll be doing additional servicing. I've, I've been fortunate. I've got a number of things pre-sold, so a lot of my equity is coming back. I am, I am six months away uh, from, from recouping that cash, but I don't do things... Uh, well, sorry, let me step back. I was going to say, I take time to research. I take time to understand. I take time to watch. And, and I've been able to do that from all of your great emails. So thank you very much for, for always sending those out. They're incredibly informative. Um, and I think we're at the point that we should be chatting and ready to ready to move forward. So, okay, okay, great. I've got some things I'll send you, and maybe Great. we can talk about some of those. You know, give me some idea on some of the numbers offline uh, sure. as well. But that would that would be great. Sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Looking forward to it, John. So yeah, let's uh, we'll hit the pause button for now. We'll go to email, and we can go back and forth on some things. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. Andrew, that was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. okay. Thanks, Thanks, John. John. Leave Bye a letter. I'll send you some notes. Okay. Great. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Ask Andrew Podcast. To get your question answered, just go to askandrewpodcast.com and click Ask a Question.